Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode three, right? Is this our third one or our fourth one? Well, it's episode three. Episode three. Yeah. And uh, today we're going to start a new segment that we will continue um, regarding music. You came up with the wonderful idea of coming up with three artists. Doesn't have to be specific songs, but artists. And they will pertain to a specific topic. So for this one, we will talk about three artists that you can listen to while getting laid. Uh, That that is correct. Or artists that uh, incentify making love, not necessarily after having four martinis. (laughs) Right. Right. So, and you are presenting four from your time and your I'm going to present four from my oh, three sorry three from your time and three from mine because I can very well pick ones from your time that I enjoy but I'm not so that's why and that's where the the sort of dichotomy will come into play so uh I don't know if we should do one in one or whatever so let's start with you go first you pick your first artist that you want to talk about okay the first artist that I really enjoy is James Ingram. Okay. Uh, James Ingram passed away in January of 2019, unfortunately. But he started off as a musician and he wrote so many songs for other people that they asked him to uh, sing some of the songs. And consequently, uh, he not only was a singer and a songwriter and an instrumentalist, he was a two-time Grammy Award winner, a two-time Academy Award nominee for uh, Best Original Song. And uh, in beginning in 1973, Ingram charted eight top 40 hits on the United States Billboard Hot 100 chart. And from the early 1980s, until the 1990s, 13 40 top 40 hits. Uh, He is known for certain songs, which I thought were highly romantic, and I found very successful in my lovemaking. One was uh, uh, a duet with uh, Patty Austin, who was a famous female singer in the 1980s called uh, the song was called Baby Come to Me. And uh, I mean, it, it was absolutely beautiful. And back in 1983, he did a song, I Don't Have the Heart. And that is really a heartbreaker. And if you're dancing with a woman, whether she's had no drinks or many drinks, uh, if you can't score, you might as well change sex. Um, That's awful. That's actually awful. Yeah. But his best album was his R&B album of 1991, uh, which was a, a rhythm and blues album. Uh, there were 10 songs on the album, as most albums are, but I'll just highlight a couple. Uh, one was Where Did My Heart Go? How do you keep the love from my thing ending uh, just once? 
uh, I think Disney picked up on somewhere out there. Somewhere uh, out there, mate. Somewhere out there. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the heart. There's no easy way. I was going to say, I don't have the heart. By the way, I don't have the heart. Came out in 1990, not 83. Um, it's from the R&B album in 1991. That, no, I, I know, but the, the song that you were saying before, I don't have the heart, that's 1990, not 83. Yes, I said the Rhythm and Blues album was from 1991. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he um, was, like I said, very, very, very um, mellow. Uh, he also had songs in 1993, Someone Like You, Let Me Love You, This Way, Always You. Okay, so would you would you say he's... You said it's a mellow sort of thing. Is he more, is it, is it, you said it's R&B. So he's slow and he's sort of methodic with it, melodic with it. Um, it it's a, like, I, I describe it for me. What kind, what, because I can, I would happily play some of the music, but the fact that this is going up on YouTube means that I can't because I will guaranteed get this taken down. So <laughs> describe it to me. When I say it, his music is soft, but you want to listen to the words. Compare, okay. to, compare every word means something. It touches your heart. And uh, the words are well written. I don't know which songs he composed, uh, but whoever did write them, uh, the words are right to the heart and his voice is spot on mellow. Okay. All right. Um, and, and you feel that that puts you in the mood. Okay. Oh, I, I, you can't strike out with his music. If all you right. Do. So for anyone who's looking for that, that little twist to your music playlist and you're trying to impress a girl who's never heard of James Ingram, by all means, to now completely contrast that. I am going to present mine, which is completely, I guarantee you, without even knowing the lyrics of James Ingram's songs whatsoever, 100% guarantee you it is going to be nothing like this artist. Uh, for anyone who's my age or around my age, you most likely know the artist of Bazzi, B-A-Z-Z-I. Uh, he's, uh, what is he? He's an American singer and songwriter and record producer. Um, the one song that he did that got popular was mine uh, in, what was it, 2017, it says here. Uh, and it gained popularity in 2018 when it became a meme through Musical.ly. Oh my gosh. And the yeah. use of Snapchat lenses. So he's had... 11 he's peaked at number 11 on billboard top 100 so he's not great and he peaked at 14 on billboard top 200 so he doesn't have like he's not crazy he's no harry styles or you know top or james ingram for that matter top 40s and top 50s he's good artist but nothing crazy uh, most of his songs are <sighs> 
I haven't listened to a ton of his songs, but I've listened to at least five or six of them. And they're all sort of, I don't know how to explain it. It's sort of a, it's pop, but it's sort of ethereal and it's very floaty. A lot of his songs feel like you're floating and you're sort of in a cloud. And um, similar to, for those who are my age, will know The Weeknd. Um, that sort of style of music where it's floaty and it's it's trying to be R&B, fusion, pop put together. Um, yeah, I to me, that's, that's, I would say that's my number out of our three. That's the one I think that people will use to get laid um, because it's got that, shall we say, trendy feel to it. Um, for most people my age, we don't go for a ton of slow stuff like how you used to listen to or, you know, Sinatra era music where it's that slow, drawn out um, piano music or something close to that. Um, uh, uh, James Ingram wasn't all slow, you know. It was well, yeah, slow. no, of course. I'm just saying the way, given the fact that I, I listen to a lot of music from around that era and i've heard here and there some slower songs like arthur prysik i know um and if he's anything like arthur prysik lovely songs i love them i appreciate them they're great but they're also very um not not uptight the raw that's the wrong term to use is uptight it's very um old no it's not old it's just i guess it's an old style so you know, most of the music that my generation listens to is very upfront. It's sex and it's like, we're going to have great sex and it's going to be hot and steamy and it's going to be, and it's an in, a song is an in-depth moment of sex. And we hear the full length of it and we get euphemisms of hot and dripping and whatever. Meanwhile, yours, your genre of music is more like, I'm going to love you and we're going to love each other in such a wonderful way. And there's maybe a euphemism or two in there, but they're like, they're a lot more hidden in terms of symbolism and euphemism uh, compared to most of the music in my generation. You did that very well. Did you ever think of having a career in singing? No, thank you. I've, I, <laughs> no, thank you. Um, but does, is Buzzy a person or a group? Bazzi, B-A-Z-Z-I. Um, it is one man, one guy. One uh, man? His, because his name is Andrew Bazzi. His last name is Bazzi. Oh, okay. And so okay. he just goes by Bazzi. Okay, so. Uh, Basically, you just named two. I, I don't know if you're going to get into it, but uh, I'm familiar with The Weeknd, but you said Bozzy and The Weeknd. And I mean, uh, very interesting names to uh, have romance by. I'm, what are you going to do? I'm going to make love to Bozzy and The Weeknd. I mean, that is funny. Well, well, but, you know, I think... I. And that's an interesting point you bring up, which is, I think, you know, people don't necessarily go by the brand name of like, oh, Bozzy doesn't sound sexy. Why would I listen to his music? Like that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. 
we don't necessarily the the name doesn't inspire the music the music inspires the name so the weekend built a career off of these sort of r&b fusion pop sex songs or love songs some of them are love some of them are just about like love and loss but some of them are sex i mean he literally did a portion of the soundtrack for 50 shades of gray film like <laughs> so yeah. you know um but it doesn't mean it's a bad thing i'm just saying you know we was, we don't necessarily yeah. look at the weekend and go the hell is the weekend what what kind of name is that that's not sexy we his music speaks for his name okay versus okay, you okay. your generation is more like oh arthur Prysic. that's a name no, no, no. arthur um, is something that is rare very few people even in my generation remember him because he goes back way back like with billy eckstein yeah oh he goes a lot farther back i know yeah. that but like i'm just my i'm just making the argument that like you look at someone like michael jackson that name inspires something you know what i mean and yes of course it's built upon his music and his legacy but you look at the name michael jackson and it's different than something like the weekend and well, that's, that's overlap. what that would, be, that would be an overlap for you your generation, perhaps, and my generation, we both would know who he is. I would say the reason we both know is because my parents' generation is the generation that was the last able to see him in concert and experience him. And some people around my generation, like my age and a little behind me, um, grew up with him in the house or hearing his music just before he passed. Um but I also think he transcends generations because he's that good of an artist. <laughs> His music was that good that he's able to transcend generations, similar to Sinatra, you know, in, in the sense of transcending generations. Sinatra, in my opinion, is classic. You can't, you can listen to him. If you've heard him and you're tired of hearing him, that's different. But in my opinion, you could show him to any generation and they'd, at least appreciate the artistry and the musical talent within it you know well, you, could, you could say this isn't bad versus some people look at stuff like country or heavy metal and go "Ooh, i can't this is not my this is not my scene i think most people could arguably appreciate michael jackson or most people could arguably appreciate sinatra that's that's why they transcend uh generations so Artists like Bozzy and The Weeknd, do you think 10 years from now, people will still be saying, I want to listen to their music? No. Okay. Well, Bozzy, no. The Weeknd, maybe. Because okay. bozzy has got some good music. And I, I enjoy the music. It's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... I don't, unless he comes out of nowhere with some major talent that, you know, he had hidden in his pocket or he does something outrageous or he comes out with an album that blows everyone away. I think he'll do fine. He'll make more songs and people will listen to it, but I don't think he's ever going to be weekend status. I don't think he's ever going to be that, that high, that prolific. Um, 
And for that reason, he'll fade into the wind. Um, will he be poor and not be able to survive off of his music money? No, he's made tons of money and he'll be fine. And like I said, he'll make more music. But I don't see him doing something crazy unless he gets wildly recognized for some sporadic reason. The weekend, on the other hand, which is actually my second choice, was the weekend, um, is and continues to be on the sort of pop and uh, and the forefront of people's minds. You people, some people may say he's tired or he's old in terms of music and content, um, and I would, to an extent, agree because he hasn't shifted. He's sort of done a lot of the same stuff over the years, uh, but he's still prevalent. I mean, there's still stuff like he, whatever it was, it was, I don't know if it was the last Super Bowl or two Super Bowls ago. He was, uh, he pulled a whole massive stunt and he, he was during, he did the Super Bowl halftime and, um, you know, he's still prevalent. So, but his music almost, I would say the weekend's almost entire discography is usable for youth sex okay <laughs> youth well i that was wrong youth meaning like young sex not like not children dear god i meant youth as in young people like 18 and 23 not like 40 year olds 40 year olds are going to be looking at, at stuff like you know maybe james ingram maybe something in between i don't know i don't know stuff in between there but that's what I meant. Oh my God! Why did I say that? Anyways, uh, well, yeah, well, my I, 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 go I respect. Ahead. I respect what you say, considering you had uh, a music uh, radio show on iHeartRadio for four years, three hours a night uh, for four years, and you're on uh, YouTube. And if anybody wants to follow up, they can just look up uh, Peter Zizis, and you'll see all of your music on youtube so well, it's not all. thank you for the plug i appreciate the uh the shameless plug but um yeah i did i mean i did only play edm music i played electronic dance edm that whole genre um for those who don't know there's a big difference between electronic dance and edm even though edm by definition is electronic dance music the specific genres of electronic dance and then edm are completely different things um so electronic can can sometimes have less lyrics and it's just more beats dance tends to be more um almost bordering pop where it's got sort of hit like faster beats but it's got some lyrics and they're sort of repeating lyrics and then edm is like skrillex or tiesto or armin van buren or whoever so, or Marshmallow, that's EDM, you know, that could are, and again, they all sort of commingle inside each other, but, and then there's obviously other forms outside of that in terms of EDM, there's other subcategories and such, but my show was that realm of music. So okay. I don't really have, uh, I'm not, I didn't go on there at two at one o'clock in the morning and play sex music, so... <laughs> But I do know and am aware of a lot of music. So, well, you know, just to, just to get back to James Ingram for a moment. Yeah. He also did a lot of adult contemporary music. 
So, uh, okay. uh, you know, uh, people still would enjoy him today. He was, he is, he was, and is timeless. Um, but uh, that's what I wanted to bring up again. Uh, will your artists be timeless? And I think you said maybe, maybe not. So well, right, and I think, I think that's that says something about our society as a whole, which you know. I, your music, e even if people don't necessarily like it, I think it lasts a lot longer. It has a lot longer shelf life than music that's been made from about 2000 and up. Um, because a lot, specifically, I would say 2010 and up, but 2000 and up is just as good because um, people like Kesha they're not going to last. I People will listen to the music for the nostalgic purposes, but I highly, highly doubt people are going to listen to Kesha's TikTok song. It, the song's called TikTok, um, not the app. I highly doubt people are going to listen to that song and go, wow, the artistry in this is wonderful and it's so moving. And now, what the hell? They're going to say, yeah, that was from 2000 whatever. So what? Or... Um, Maroon 5's payphone. That yeah, she, like she did some nice work though. No, she did. She mind you, she's done good music. I yeah. am that's there's nothing wrong with her music, but as a shelf life conversation in 15 or 20 years, James yeah. Ingram's from the 60s and the 70s. And he's what? This it's the 70s. 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah, well, he was born in the 50s, right? So 70s, 80s, and 90s. But he, I mean, my point though is, is he's got some of the songs we're talking about is from the eighties. That's 40 years ago. And I would argue it, without listening to it, I haven't listened to it yet and I would play it, but I can't because YouTube will take this down. Yeah, uh, well, that's, that's one of the good things when you and I, uh, I listened to every one of your shows, I think over the four years, unless I fell asleep because you were on at 10. Well, um, yeah, it was 10 to 1 AM. Yeah. Uh, right. you know. You know, and it so happened sometimes it fell on my golf day yeah. when I got off at 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. But uh, I, you know, learned a lot about your music and was able to filter what I liked from what I didn't like. And then you also uh, were able to take a look at my more than 3,000 songs in my film library. And then, you know... Uh, choose what you want and would go on one of the streaming stations and, uh, you know, make note of it. You didn't have to uh, take every CD I had, but, you know, we shared. Well, and, right. And, and that's, I was, I was and still am musically open. I enjoy arguably every genre of music, um, some more than others, like country and it's cliche, but I do not like country. Um, there, but there are people that I do appreciate who are from country. Um, Bobby Darren from Hootie and the Blowfish. I will happily listen to his country music. Oh, Bob, am I Bobby Darren? No. Oh, oh my God. No, not Bobby Darren is. Bobby Darren's a different guy. Who's who's? Uh, what's his name? I don't listen to that. Uh, um, oh, 
like a Frank Sinatra type. Frank Sinatra type, who? Bobby Darren, his songs were like Frank Sinatra's. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not thinking of Bobby Darren. God damn it. <laughs> I'm thinking of Darius Rucker. How the hell did I get Bobby Darren from Darius Darius Rucker? and Darren, yeah. I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know how I switched that. Anyways, Darius Rucker, he from Hootie and the Blowfish. For those who don't know, Hootie and the Blowfish was a um, like rock band. They go by different genres. Some say soft rock, some say country rock. They were a rock band. Um, Darius Rucker, obviously, at some point when they when they separated, he sort of did his own shtick, and that was country music. Um, and you tend to see that a lot with um, rock artists. They tend to, when bands either sort of split or they feel they want to do their own pieces, even with the band still going on, they tend to gravitate towards country. I don't know why. I guess because that's a very guitar-heavy industry. It's usually like a guy and his guitar, and that's usually where they tend to want to go because they enjoy using a guitar. But Darius Rucker, I don't mind. I'll listen to his music. Or... We're gravitating from our theme. Well, yeah, I we're definitely gravitating from our theme. I the point I was just trying to make is to circle it back to what you were saying, which was, you know, we how we share music, and I'm musically open. And though I may not be extremely tolerant of country, I will listen to it, and that goes for the other realms as well. I enjoy pop, I enjoy rap, R and B. I'm getting into some metal. Um, it's quite good uh you know classical i love classical edm all of it um even some international pieces where i like can't necessarily understand what's going on but i still enjoy the song but to bring it back yeah um to music to get laid to do i think bozzy will last more than 10 or 15 years probably not I think he'll sort of fall into the wayside people. There'll be people that'll find him and go in 10 or 15 years and go, boy, this is really good. I can get laid to this. And some, and I think most people though will forget he'll sort of fall into a niche category of, Oh, have you heard of him? Oh yeah. I remember him. Or some teenagers will be like, ah, this guy sounds pretty good. All right. You know, you don't don't even, have to have the end result of getting laid. Uh, well, but it does like set the mood. Together to hug, to kiss, to feel warm, you know. We call uh, that cuddling now. Oh, cuddling. Okay. And we called it cuddling in my day too. Okay. You know, we called it cuddling. Um, that was the first step before marriage, you know. Well, uh, not anymore. Uh, <laughs> You could you do that with too many people. Do you know, actually, sidebar, uh, I don't know if it's in New York, but I know in certain places in the world um, and in the U.S., you can hire a cuddle buddy. You can hire someone similar to like a, a prostitute. You know, you hire a prostitute, they come over, you do some stuff, and they leave. You can hire someone to come to your house and hold you. Like, just oh, yeah. no, nothing nothing sexual you just they come over and it's like per hour and they will sit there and watch tv with you and watch movies with you and just cuddle you yeah and if you have big cash you can 
uh, buy from Japan some wonderful uh, robots or IA type uh, things that will also um, dance with you and cuddle with you and keep you company. You know, so there, there's a lot of things in the future. I, I shudder to think, you know, what's going to be there. You know what I'm saying? But let we, me all, we all know that there is going to be more sex dolls and uh, robotic I things. I don't, know, don't know what it is, or what a sex doll is. Oh, of course not. Oh, of course not. No, we no no idea. It's it's a new feature. No, no, no. We have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I just want to make a mention of something you said before. Good. I was in uh, uh, the record store and. Years and years ago, um, what was the biggest record store in uh, New York? Uh, um, I forgot the name of it. Oh, gee. It started with a T. Uh, um, I don't anyway, know. Anyway, so I saw an artist, Arthur Prysak, and I introduced you to him, but he's, he's oh, like a Billy Eckstein or um, a really older artist who sings words are sung and two of his hits from 1987 uh, in his jazz album was Bring It Home To Me and This Guy's In Love With You and uh, very, very sentimental. Uh, women would love this. Uh, our new generation would not. Uh, and um, just wanted to mention he was a, a, a great singer. And to date, people would say to me, you know, they know they can get his music on the internet. But to date, they would say to me, you have a CD of his? Oh, wow, we, we have trouble finding CDs. We could get them online. Uh, but in my day, you couldn't even find a CD of his. It was very, very rare. Yeah. And one day I walked into the music store, I bought like 12 CDs. And when I came home, I worked my, I had worked in a predominantly minority neighborhood. I'm telling you, I was offered big money for those CDs, you know, because the people couldn't find them. And well, and, and, but like, that's an important perspective to bring up, which I think also caters to why and how certain music is the way it is you know you just said people would look and go oh you've got that album and they'd pay you big money for it nowadays we have as long as you have internet you can get everything for free or for half free you know i can go on youtube and find every song that i ever want or i can go on spotify and i can get every song that i ever want and some, I can, it is impossible to listen to every song that I ever want to listen to mm-hmm. on YouTube or Spotify because there is an infinite, there is a not an infinite amount, but there is such a number that is, it is mathematically impossible to get through it. And for that reason, because we have such an abundance, we take for granted how much effort, time, and energy it takes to put into these songs and to create these songs. Uh, and simultaneously, we don't value them that way because we also have people who 
they're doing stuff in their basement in like a day and a half and it becomes a pop hit on TikTok and people love it. And the problem is you've got people who are spending tons of money and effort to create these wonderful stories and they don't work and it doesn't get popular because they're not catering to the trends and they're not following the media. They're just trying to make good music, but because it's getting lost in the sauce of the internet, there's such an abundance that we're not able to find sometimes the good ones or the ones that deserve to be good because the ones that are most most problematic or most conflicting or trendy tend to thrive. And that's why, to bring it back, why I think someone like Bozzy won't last more than 10 or 15 years because he's a very trendy artist. The weekend came first. The weekend's type of music was new. And that's why I think he's lasted as long as he has and will continue to last longer because he had that sort of concept of how his music is on like lockdown. He was sort of that one who came out and was like, oh, this is interesting. This is new, refreshing. Even if it's not new completely, it was refreshing to the music community and industry. And then yeah. someone like Ozzy then comes in and gives his rendition, which is similar to The Weeknd. And for that reason, Bozzy won't last. Um, yep. I, I will explore him, even though uh, I'm a widower, I will uh, play his music and see if uh, I find any value to it for me. Um, I got to hear words. You know, words, words mean something to me. Well, uh, that's actually super important too, though. You value lyrics. You know, some people don't want to listen to lyrics because if you're, you know, you're getting intimate with someone, if you're focusing on the lyrics more than the person you're with, then we got to have a separate conversation. <laughs> but that's that's very important though because I know I, I have friends who they want music to set the mood, but they don't care what the lyrics are. They just have to feel it, whether it's the mixture of the lyrics and the beat or just the music and no lyrics. They need a mood, and that mood is not set specifically by lyrics. For you, lyrics are important enough that they can set the mood. Most importantly, got to hear the lyrics, got to understand the words. So you Bozzy's your number one, Weekend's your number two, or it just came up in the conversation? Um, I'm not necessarily ranking them best to to worst. I'm simply just Bozzy was my first one, and the weekend was my second one. Um, okay. Be and I think they I think they're both similar in themes and trends in sort of that that um, ethereal floaty type music that uh, is trendy and fits the narrative of a good portion of my generation. I think a lot of kids in my generation and the ones coming up, you throw on your LED lights strapped to your ceiling, throw on some weekend, and I guarantee you it'll put you in the mood. Uh, who's, who's strapped to your ceiling? LED lights. LED lights, oh, okay. The people, oh. it's a trendy thing right now because of TikTok. A lot of kids are taking um, a strip of lights LED is light emitting diode. They're the color changing ones. Um, and you can tape them to your ceiling and you get a little remote and you can change the colors. 
So you can make it blue, purple, sky blue, dark blue, uh, orange, green. You can make it all these different colors. Mm -hmm. So if you put it on a specific color and play the weekend, I guarantee you, you and your significant other can find a way to get in the mood. If I did that my age, I'd have a stroke from the lights. <laughs> well, well right? but that's why it doesn't work for you. That's why you need James Ingram. That's right. <laughs> and by the way, the, the four artists that I'm high, well, I just made mention of Arthur Price, but the three artists I'm, gonna, I'm talking about, James Ingram, uh, Barry White, and uh, Johnny Mathis, uh, they were all Afro-American artists who in their day had breakthrough problems. It wasn't as easy as it is today, you know. Right. And, well, I disagree. I disagree. I think though it is, though we have an abundance and we have a massive, um, every day, thousands and thousands of hours of music is being uploaded. I think it's easier. I think it's it's way easier nowadays than it was back then. I just think the but, path, what? That's what I just said. Oh, I thought you said it was harder today. No, easier oh, today. Okay. It was more difficult in those days. And if you, some of them, if you wanted to record, they had to give up uh, the, the uh, records, you know, the, uh, what they wrote. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, give the rights away. Yeah, the rights away. So do you want to highlight everybody? Should I go on with, with my second choice? No, go for, go for your second one, because I already hit two of mine. Okay. The second one is very surprising. They say people shouldn't judge people by the way they look. Okay. Bar Barry White. I knew you were going to say Barry White. I knew it. I didn't bring him up because I knew you were going to bring him up. Go ahead. Barry, Barry Barry White, yeah, Barry White was, had to be 350, uh, 400 pounds. And he uh, had some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful songs. Uh, and he had songs that were instrumental and he used giant orchestras and he used um, individual, uh, in, you know, individual uh, singers to accompany him, and some, and mostly he sang it by himself. And he had a voice, other than Isaac Hayes. I don't know if you know who Isaac Hayes is, but, I know, but I... Uh, Isaac Hayes uh, had a very deep voice. Uh, other than Isaac Hayes, I don't know anybody who had a lower voice than uh, Barry White, but he uh, had songs, uh, for example, his album, his rock album of 2000, his greatest hits, Love Theme was an instrumental, was beautiful. Um, I wish you were able to play it online because you couldn't sit in the seats uh, without uh, dancing to it. You know, it wasn't a, a hold me album, it was, you know, a song was was a dance song. Well, uh, you know what I'll do? I, I'll think about it right now. What I'll do is in the description of this YouTube video, if this if I find a way to put this on Spotify or something, then sucks for you guys. But um, if 
when I put this on YouTube, I will put in the description uh, the names and the songs or albums that we talked about so that for anyone who watches, they can look it up. So yep. they don't have to repeat or rewatch and do whatever the hell. They can just look in the description and uh, see all the names and things that we spoke about. So, yeah, you, you know, like uh, one of his great songs were uh, you, are, you Are the First, The Last, My Everything. Um, it was fantastic. Uh, love theme, like I said, was an instrumental. Uh, it's 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 ecstasy when you lay down next to me. Um, very sensual music, and I'm I'm just gonna love you just like a little bit more, babe. Uh, never never gonna give you up. Uh, he uh, surprisingly died in two, 2003. I'm surprised he lasted so long uh, at age 59 because, like I said, he was very, very overweight, but he was a, a sharp dresser and uh, he encompassed everything, disco, jazz. Uh, if you look, he's on Spotify, everything. I mean, he's he uh, goes through many generations, Barry White. Um, your parents, your grandparents would know about him. Uh, I mean, I remember mentioning to your mother, I mean, I'm 77, your mother's in her early 50s, and uh, she remembered him. I don't know if you know who he is. So I was going to say, for my generation and probably people around my age, they either have heard of the name Barry White or have maybe heard of a couple songs from him because it's been in the household again. Names like Barry White, Arthur Prysik, James Ingram, those are names that my generation will never know of unless we had them in the household or we were sort of taught that curiosity for music and we hunted for it. Um, so I've heard the name. I've most definitely heard music by him. I don't know specifically which ones. Like I've, I know for a fact I've heard his music, but I couldn't tell you which ones. So, but for anyone who doesn't know, on top of what you were saying, Barry White had 20 gold albums, or sorry, 20 gold and 10 platinum singles, and had a worldwide record sales of in excess of 100 million records. So, and he's considered one of the best-selling music artists of all time. So, just as reference for how prolific Barry White is, he is one of the best. And for those who've heard his name and haven't looked him up, it is in your best benefit to look him up. Yep. And who is your uh, next, uh, next artist? My third artist is someone that I think this one is, I think, more personal to me. So I think the first two I chose, Bozzy and The Weeknd, um, are more like if I was getting intimate with someone and they were played in the background, I'd be like, yeah, okay, this could set the mood um, depending on the person or you know what kind of mood we're in. I think this can do it. This one I think is more in my opinion because I don't know a ton of people who know this artist. So this artist is called Amber Run and uh they play i don't know what kind of genre they play 
um, it's all, I think it's just lumped in with the generic alternative. Oh, no, they're considered a rock band. Okay. They're a um, British indie rock from Nottingham, UK. And uh, I don't know. I just kind of like them. I had my music teacher in, was it high school or middle school? Wyatt Sakura. Still love that man. He's a wonderful guy and a wonderful music teacher. He opened me up to a lot of music. Um, but he showed me Amber Run. And since he showed me, I still like him. I don't follow them super in-depth and I listen to all their songs. But I, st- I like him. And it's sort of a... The ones, the, the songs that, it, that I have in my mind that I'm thinking of um, for what I'm referencing would be probably, where is it? I have it here. Did I not? Oh, I got it right here. Um, I found by Amber Run, 5am or Shiver. Those are three that like I know for a fact that I think are something that I, I would use, shall we say, in the bedroom. Um, they are more sensual. So I think the difference between The Weeknd and Bozzy and Amber Run is Amber Run is the type that I would use in a very sensual and loving situation. Like this, that's the type of music I'd be playing with like a girl that I've been with for many years and I really do love her. And I'm, I'm getting deeply intimate with this woman. That's the type of mood I'm setting versus Bozzy and The Weeknd that's more casual sex or more sort of like hot sex, shall you say. The more hot and heavy, you know, you're sort of just, it's primal and you're feeling it emotionally versus Amber Run is very planned and sensual and loving. So that's, yeah. that's where I put Amber Run. After the broadcast, I got to write this down because I can't remember what that is. I'll, I'll let you know. I have it. I have it. Uh, I have them all written down. I'm going to put them in the description and I will. What primal sex is. What I mean. I can't remember what that is. What I mean by primal is like when, when it's sort of like you just, you're in that urge and you guys get it together and it's just a moment. Like you're at the apartment with your significant other. She's cleaning or you're cleaning and she's cooking and you're like, you're just getting the house ready for dinner. And you guys just like get in the mood and something happens, you know, that's the type of music that like Bozzy or The Weeknd would do um, versus something that like if it was, for example, my girlfriend's birthday and I'm trying to like set up a nice thing. I put flowers on the bed or roses. I got her a nice meal or I took her out uh, and she's got gifts and whatever. And then we're trying to have a nice night. I'd throw maybe that on to have a slower and more sensual time with her over primal in terms of instinctual and sort of very impulsive. Primal is impulsive. That's what I meant. Thank you for explaining it to me. You're welcome. (laughs) Not primal in the sense of animalistic because that's different. That is another form of sex that people enjoy. Some people like that whole like role play is like predator prey and whatever. I'm not, we're not getting into that. I'm talking about impulse versus planning. You know, you can plan a night to be sexy and have fun with someone. And then there's times where you're just like, I'm just in the mood and let's do it. So that's where Bozzy and The Weeknd are. 
and that's where Amber Run sits. Amber Run. Okay, yeah. got a name. Is that a group or individual? They are a band. They're a full band of five. Any, any no, women? three. Any they're, women? they're a band of three. Any women in the group? No. Okay. No. <laughs> no, sadly. Okay. Because none of, none of the artists I'm highlighting are women, so. Well, and that's a problem on our end because, and arguably to some that that is, that's an issue on our end because neither of us have women in any of our songs. And we, I should have been made apparent to that and less so you because you, you may not have understood, but I recognized that I should have. Um, so that's, we should be showcasing women artists as well, is my point. Because there's just as there's some good um, female artists. Actually, what is her name? Uh, there's a, there's one female artist that I'm trying to think of that I might be able to find. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's my, my three is Amber Run. And yes, we should be including female artists in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see also uh, in my day, the artist that sang his image uh, was very, very important. Um, in your day, I don't think image is that important. How, how, uh, what, do you, uh, what do you mean by image? Oh, um, you know. Uh, like how, how the artist presents themselves? Yeah. Okay. I mean, like even uh, Barry White, like I said, might have been 400 pounds. He was, suave um uh and all the other artists were very very suave uh in your in your day i guess it's a different era i think i think it's also different values as well like we don't necessarily value someone who's clean cut because clean cut doesn't make you a good artist clean cut just means you can dress well so i think that's also it and we also we are valuing more um, right now, and what I've noticed is the trend is to be an outcast, to forcibly, not forcibly, but make yourself different from others. Perfect example is Lil Nas X. My man's walking around in a pink suit. Um, it, we don't need to get into it. He's a rapper. Um, yeah, direct from his latest drug bust. No, yeah. no, no. No. Um, or good, another good example is Katy Perry, to include um, female artists. Katy Perry is a good one. She's she yeah. a good portion of her career was off of being very. Or Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga, you know, Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, Madonna, they're all fought like in that line. That was sort of how they went. You know, Madonna did all the crazy outfits and the and the the very unique um, visuals. Uh, Lady Gaga followed that with meat suits and crazy outfits and crazy and then Katy Perry followed that with the same thing Katy Perry followed Lady Gaga who followed Madonna and so on yeah no I didn't mean the guy with the pink suit who's on stage after a drug bust I'm just saying a lot of your artists uh, come up they look like they just came back from a drug bust well that's because we're all tired (laughs) we're all exhausted Okay, so your third artist is my my third was Amber Run. Amber Run. Yeah, I got. I like that name. I got to uh, look that one up. 
and uh, maybe play that. Would, would that be something I want to play while I'm lying in bed watching the game without sound? Um, you might. That's a possibility. I think I think it also depends on the person because Amber Run can be relatively somber at times, and that's why. I think for you, it, you may enjoy the lyrics, but it may have to be in a certain time for you. Because for me, I enjoy the lyrics and I enjoy the songs, but at times I can sort of ignore the lyrics to an extent and sort of allow myself to just be in the mood and apply it to a situation like trying to be sensual with someone. Mm -hmm. But for you, it may be, you may find it's too sad. You may find it's too somber or too uh, slow you know, whatever there may, but most definitely you can try and listen to it. Um, you know, I would say, Oh, here's a good, here's a good example for people in my generation. Don't know Amber run. You could put them in sort of a rock indie realm of Lana Del Rey. So I don't know if you know who Lana Del Rey is, but I do. We know who Lana Del Rey is, um, and I would put them in that realm. I wouldn't say that they're exactly like her, but in that realm of music. That's where they sort of fit. Okay. Um, some people would say, if we're talking, if, I'm, if I was going to add a female artist, the one I'm trying to find, I can't find. But um, I know some people like Rihanna or... Um, I was going to say Shakira, but no, Rihanna is, I know people enjoy that one in the bedroom. <laughs> I don't know if it's because it's Rihanna and because they like Rihanna or because it's actually because her music is. Yeah, uh, I, I, I like Rihanna. I, I like Rihanna. She presents herself very nicely. That's a, that's a nice way to put it. Yes. What about you? What is your third musician? The third that is everybody of my uh, generation would know. I can only highlight a couple of songs because he's probably made more albums than possibly anybody in show business. Uh, he started off, I'll tell you his name in a moment. He started off as an, uh, an athlete uh, who prior to getting hurt was training for the Olympics and uh, he had a good voice, uh, a velvet voice, and uh, you'll probably know his name, maybe not, Johnny Mathis. Of course I know Johnny Mathis. Uh, Johnny Mathis uh, sung every genre. He's 85 years young now. And I say that because uh, other, I, I haven't seen him in maybe uh, 15 years, but I saw him when he was 70 and you couldn't tell that he was 70, much like myself, very attractive man. Um, wonderfully attractive. Yes, thank you. But uh, he was, he would always dress wonderfully uh, and have full orchestra behind him. And um, I, I wonder how many albums he sold and how many records he sold, but he sold everything from Christmas albums to uh, country and Western, but it was basically jazz, pop, and uh, uh, 
as I, as I said, he was one of these athletes that made the transition from being a, a, an athlete to being a, an entertainer. And he started in 1967, I believe. Oh, 1967, yeah. Ni 1967 entertaining. And I saw him, uh, I think about 15 years ago. And did he look older? Yes, because I had seen he was in his 20s. He was thin, uh, wiry, fa fabulous voice. Women liked him more than men. That's uh, why I chose him. But he had some very famous songs. I'll just highlight a couple. In the Still of the Night. Okay. It's All in the Game. Since I Fell for You. You Belong to Me. True Love Way. And Since I Don't Have You. All Alone Am I. And one of the things that really would get women is For Your Love. It would go, For Your Love. I would do anything. Now, when I sing, I also was professional. You know, people would pay me not to sing. <laughs> so I, 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 it's shameful that I would even attempt to try to sing the uh, title of that song. But uh, women would melt. I, I remember uh, um, in the 30s, prior yep. to marrying your, uh, your grandmother, going out on dates and, and in the 20s seeing him women would just fall back like they would do for, for Sinatra and he was an Afro-American and that was unheard of in those days and then uh, even uh, in the later years your uh, grandmother should rest in peace loved him I mean like I said before we had moved away to Florida we uh, would see him uh, at least once a year when he came to the Westbury Music Festival in New York. So uh, he was timeless. And I don't think he's on tour now. He might be. You can never tell because he's in and out of uh, retirement. Um, but like I said, I have no idea how, much, how many records he sold. It had to be a, a hell of a lot because uh, he covered every genre. Um, I don't. That's a. I don't know. Johnny Mathis sold records. Um. Oh, he sold over three hundred and fifty million. That's not bad, is it? Worldwide, which is very good. Yeah. Very yeah. good, considering. Just as reference, considering, um. Barry White sold over a hundred million, and he's considered one of the best. So. Yeah. I mean, granted, just because you sell that many, arguably, yes, it means you are that good, but doesn't necessarily, the quantity at which you sell your music doesn't guarantee that you are the best unless you are number one. Like, unless you're number one, then yes, you are, you are objectively the best because you sold two billion records. But if you are selling 350 million and you're not considered the best, then that's one thing. So yeah. I, I would argue, I would think Johnny Mathis is considered one of the best. Um, yeah, one of one of the not that many. One of uh, the contentious things was 
and it didn't affect me by any means was that he was considered possibly gay and a lot of men would say, well, why do I gotta listen to him tell me how to make love or uh, sing a, a romantic song? Yeah. But their wives would grab their husbands by the ear and say, we're going to see Johnny Mathis. Yeah. And if you want to go, I'm staying home and I'm gonna go with my girlfriends. You know, so uh yeah. and I and you know that sadly that's still an issue today. You know, certain people won't listen to certain songs because they think that the person is gay or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um or because they think that they're singing about a man to a man instead of a man to a woman. Because for some people they they have to think in that sort of um obsolete mindset that they need a man to be singing about a woman for that man to feel enticed towards his woman. Very yeah. obsolete mindset. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I, I think I think he's a wonderful artist. I've heard Johnny Mathis plenty of times. Uh, Good. I'm glad you have. <laughs> well, I've heard it from you. You're the I went through your music. Of course. Um, I went through your music. So of course I heard it from you. But uh, I I think Again, See, what, bothers me, Peter, what? what bothers me is a lot of times I talk baseball with some of my older friends while, yeah. while we're playing golf or afterwards when we go for breakfast. And we talk about old baseball players. Yeah. And there's few of us and uh, the younger generation, some of them never heard of Mickey Mantle. They never heard of Willie Mays. Uh, Maybe they heard of Babe Ruth. Right. Babe Ruth to Candy Bar, you know. Uh, and on a couple occasions with the younger generation, I brought up names like uh, Johnny Mathis and uh, Barry White and a few other artists. There are a lot of other artists uh, that are, that were very romantic singers, but well, like, them- I was I was waiting for you to say Lionel Richie. Yeah. But he's, you know, he's still on television right now. Right, uh, right. So I didn't bring him up. But there were a lot of artists uh, that I liked um, that were very, very romantic singers. But they got shot and they got killed, um, um, you know, for fooling around with women. And I didn't want to get into their history. But uh, That's fine. That's understandable. You know. So, but what was, what's your, what's your point about? Oh, the, the fact that you can talk sometimes about these and, and my generation doesn't know about them? Yeah, that bothers me because, you know, it's like uh, if you're talking, I always say to you, you should know the history of your family tree if you choose to. So, And it, parents should pass down, grandparents to parents, to children, then children to their children. Well, the same thing with uh, history, music, the history of music, if it's if it becomes important, um, because one day, God forbid, we may be uh, looking for the music and like some of the old films that got oxidized, and you can't find them, uh, we won't be able to rely on streaming services anymore. And uh, well, you're we, you're getting into apocalyptic situations here, you know. Uh, yeah with oh the internet shuts down and we now have to go back to uh, records uh i understand what you're saying though and i agree with you to an extent i think if 
Similarly, if family is important to you, I think you should learn about your family history. I think if you don't give a crap, then it shouldn't be forced upon you. Same thing with music. If you, as a person, love music, you don't have to, but realistically, you can't say, I love music so much, I love researching it, if you don't know at least some of the history. Because you have to learn where it came from for you to learn where it's going. Uh, you know, and that's like, I love jazz, for example, and I loved taking a jazz class at college. I loved learning about Benny Goodman and all, all even before that, that was the big band era in the 40s. And then before that was the blues and the original stuff that led to jazz and led to Coltrane and all that stuff. Well, so I could tell you about Duke Ellington and, yeah. and Arthur Prysac. Yeah. Cannonball Adderley, Duke Ellington, um, you know, Coltrane. Uh, we went through some some who were, we, we went all aspects. We went to the far extents of the abstract where it's very, very open and free and very um, formless and creative. And for me, not a fan of it. It's hard for me to follow and hard for me. I can respect it and I understand and learned about it, but can't can't sink my teeth into it uh but you know i'll have a good time with benny goodman i'll have a good time with some of Col john coltrane's music some of it's a little too um it's a little i i am not creative enough to understand his genius so i can't i can't get on his level to understand it a four-dimensional being can understand a three-dimensional but a three-dimensional can't understand a fourth so i can't i can't get there uh, but I can still respect the fact that he is a big, you know, a big contender in the history of jazz. Uh, or um, what's his name? I'm blanking on his name and I shouldn't be blanking on his name. Um, trumpet player, black trumpet player, very, very famous. Louis Armstrong. Thank you. Oh, my God. I was having such a moment there. I was like, I can see him. I can't think of it, you know, but so that Billie Holiday, Louis Armstrong, all these people, you know, I love jazz. So I, I wanted to learn about the history so I can see where it's going. So I think yeah. when it comes to music, if you claim to be a music person, you got to know at least some of the history. You got to know Barry White, My, you know, Michael, I would say Michael Jackson, but he's too early. I mean, he's too recent. Barry White, you know, some of these guys, Arthur Prysik, John Coltrane, Benny Goodman, Louis Armstrong, all these things. You got to learn the history and where they came from. So, but if you don't, I mean, you don't have to. Not God. You can't, you don't have to listen to me. But, you know, it, it helps you as a person understand and respect the music you're listening to now because it allows you to understand what influenced it as well as respect the music that's already come and appreciate the ones that are coming because I don't necessarily like people who say, Oh, all the good music's behind us. Everything now is crap. I disagree. Yeah, well, that's why, again, not to plug what you did, but all those shows that you have posted on YouTube that you've done over the years on the Peter Zesus, I find as an older person, I can play the music. And if I don't like it, I go to the next show. I could filter out what I like. Um, 
And that's a good thing. It's a good thing if you have patience. And well, yeah, you got to have the patience to go through it. You know, like for me to set up my radio show, I had to, I would go through hundreds of songs a week uh, so that I could get new music because I was getting my music off of um, YouTube. I found specific songs. I, there's a way that I was able to do it on my radio show. It's too long to explain, but I was legally allowed to play the music as long as I logged them in a special website. But I played all my music off YouTube and I would follow these major accounts that released indie artists and major artists, new music. And every week I'm listening to hundreds of songs um, so that I could find new music that's good for my show. So a lot of the music that I played was new or new-ish and, you know, was great. And I loved finding the new music because it was like finding new treasure every week for my show. Yeah, I, my, no. I got to find new treasure because I, I've heard some of the old music over and over again. And, you know, it, it, it doesn't lose its beauty, but, you know, you <clears throat> want to find something new. And you surprised uh, me of some new artists. I'll look into Buzzy. Buzzy. Oh, Bozzy. Yeah. I'm just being facetious, you know. You know, but uh, <laughs> Bozzy. Okay. okay. So, uh, you know, I, I, I will, and I enjoy sharing. And um, I hope that uh, people look into some of the artists my age, look into what you brought up, and uh, your age, what I've brought up. So, um, I agree. I think, you know, I, I think both generations and we're, I think we'll say this for the rest of our lives, both generations could use stuff from each other. Not everything, but some things. Um, yeah, that, includes music, that includes musical taste. Yeah, because we're uh, four generations removed. So uh, remember that. Yeah, yeah, we are. So, so. That, that, that's a lot, you know. Uh, it is. Well, it's, I mean, you know, significant amount of years, like the back end of your, the, the early end of your life and what you experienced. That's wildly removed from me, you know, so, and then the, the front end of my life is something you'll never experience when I'm 80. You know what I mean? Like that's going to be ridiculously removed. Yeah. You know, a lot of things have changed. I mean, if you look four generations in front of you, you had people going, hello, my baby, hello, my honey, hello, my, you know. And, yeah. and now we're shaking our ass cheeks on a cell phone for a couple yeah, of months. That's right. Uh, well, we had in my generation, too, we had, uh, I'm ashamed to say, hit songs like Shake Your Booty, you know. Uh, yeah, but we have, we get those songs three times an hour made by half-baked kids who are smoking weed in their basement uh or their vapes nowadays not weed vapes uh making these songs in about 20 minutes posting them on tiktok so people make trends on them and getting a bunch of not even just adult women but like children to shake their ass cheeks in front of their phone and it's a whole freaking problem but that's a conversation for another time because we are nearing the end of of uh this episode yes that is correct and uh, I hope that in the future, we uh, 
talk more about music, but we got more to come in episodes. Well, that's, the thing. that's the thing. We can make this a thing. We can always do more music. It doesn't have to be to get laid by. It can be just music in general. It can be talks about music. We can bring more artists. We can talk about one specific artist and their whole history. If we, like, whatever. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. So, but yeah, we can definitely do music. But we also have plenty of other ideas that I'm excited to talk about. Um, well, I don't I'm remember, excited. though. I... I'm, ex- I'm excited when I'm on the golf cart, hopefully when it stops raining here in Florida. And one of my friends says to me, what did you do? I'm going to say, well, listen to our podcast on music and watch Bozzy and The Weeknd and, and, or listen to Bozzy and The Weeknd and they go, what? Yeah. <laughs> so, but I think before we close out, I think the last episode we said we were going to talk about how our generations are at war with each other. Um, so we didn't talk about that. That's totally fine. So we'll just get to it in the future. Um, I just want to clear up because I think, I think in the last episode we said we were going to talk about that as the next one, but we talked about this, which I was way happier about. So we will get to other topics in the near future. We have tons of things to talk about. Um, but for now, uh, it is, we shall see you in the next one. Yeah. And what is the name of our podcast? Talking with my grandfather before he croaks. Thank you. And thank you if anybody is listening.